Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Theater Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and this is Intimate Personal Conversations with the Industry's Biggest Names. This episode with Leslie Rodriguez Kritzer is obviously no exception to that, who is currently seen as the amazing diva, the Lady of the Lake in Spamalot on Broadway. She's a returning guest on the podcast that I actually really love now having people come back uh, with years between the episodes because we get to dive into how they've changed in the time between when we last spoke with them and now and fortunately or not depending on how you want to look at it we've got a whole pandemic to to put between uh, the first episode with leslie and this one which has changed her perspective on quite a number of things so it's definitely fun to get into all of that but anyway speaking of getting into it let's do it find me online instagram threads tiktok all the places leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening now and and everybody, please enjoy this episode with Leslie Rodriguez Kritzer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's guest is already a friend of the podcast, having appeared way back in episode 51, originally released September 10th, 2019, when she was starring as Delia Dietz in Broadway's Beetlejuice. The actress made her Broadway debut in Hairspray in 2004, followed by a string of amazing roles in Legally Blonde, A Catered Affair, Elf, and Something Rotten. And in the years since we last spoke, she's added quite a few things to her uh, her resume, including playing Carol Burnett on The Marvelous Mrs. Amazel. And she is now tearing up the stage as the Lady of the Lake in the Broadway revival of Spamalot. Doing great this morning. Leslie Rodriguez Kritzer, welcome to the theater podcast. Holy shit. Wow, that was like the fourth time I tried to say your name. Rodriguez. Some people say Rodriguez. Some people say Rodriguez. It's Rodriguez or Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Leslie Rodriguez Kritzer. Rodriguez Kritzer. Rodriguez. <laughs> oh there my you go. goodness. You got it. Well, you've you've added that officially to your name since we last spoke. I think so. I did it bef- way before the pandemic. I did it. I re- I'm, I'm trying to remember. I remember when they had to change the outside, the nameplates, uh, as in honor of my mother who passed away, uh, who wound up subsequently this past May, passing I'm away. Sorry. Um, so uh thank you so um yeah i did it in honor of her and my that side of my heritage and family and so now we are rodriguez and we're Kritzer. yeah you are um 
self self-proclaimed jurican which i still love that jurican 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 am i saying your first name right is it leslie kritzer i'm just screwing up all your names no you always did it you did it you did it leslie rodriguez some people say leslie rodriguez kritzer Okay, okay. You can also say Leslie. Some some of my friends call me Leslie, and and I don't I, I don't care if it's a less or a Z. Some people, most times, people call me Crits. They're like, "Hey, Crits, what's up?" Crits. So that's normal too. Okay, call me Crits. Fair, 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 fair. I remember. Um, yeah. I listened back to our uh, our first episode back again, episode fifty one, mm-hmm. and you had just joined TikTok. So how's that going? Let's check in on the TikToks. It's not i i didn't keep it up i didn't my, my, me I didn't neither. stay there i and you you and the hubs had just, also just moved to new jersey what yeah that when was this what year ago what year this was 2019 it was september 10th 2019 when the episode was released it was probably the end of the summer when we recorded it recorded it oh we well we we must have just sold our house we had been mm. living there since 2011 so we sold our house. We were renting another house uh, at the end of the pandemic. And then now we live in the city. So we, we moved back here as of like a month or so That's ago, funny because, again, you had mentioned you're like, I miss it every day. I hate the commute. I want to move back to the city. And you and you were like, we're back. Yeah, and so you're back. OK, well, in another in another four or five years when we do episode 600 who knows um god if i'm still going to 600 episodes i'll be living in morocco you'll be living in morocco <laughs> off of your lady in the lake spam lot money oh um, right <laughs> so gosh you this was this was summer 2019 right so this was before the world turned upside down before all of the drama that was the beetlejuice uh closure reopening all that stuff so uh i actually think this is really cool to to talk about it now after you've had some time to reflect on it because being in the midst of beetlejuice of being like are we gonna make it are we gonna make it and then and then I think it was like I still want to attribute it to Presley Ryan almost single handedly using TikTok to revive 100%. this show and, and bring it back from almost death. Then it did get killed. Then it came back from the dead. Like, let's just dive in there. What, where do you want to start? Okay. Well, all right. So the last time we spoke was end of the summer 2019. Yeah. We had gone through the Tony Awards, our album had come out. We were a huge hit. I mean, post Tony Awards, we were a huge hit and we didn't win any Tonys and it didn't really matter. We were just riding this wave and Presley Ryan was, she was on that TikTok. People glammed onto it. Is it glammed onto it? Glammed on, what's the word? Glammed onto it? But is it Presley or Presley? That's that's the real question. I say it, it's Presley or Presley. A lot of people, we all say it differently, but it's it Presley. Presley. I mean, if you would share it, Pres- Presley. Presley. Presley Ryan. Presley Ryan. Who is now like a full grown up in college, like Jesus. almost unrecognizable. She's a full on lady. And she really, she was on to something. I think it totally changed the scope of the show. It was very organic, but also it, it was timing. It was that, our album being on the Tony Awards, it was, you know, uh, shows were dropping like flies and here we were. And uh, personally for me, it had been a great award season for me. Like I I was, you know, pleasantly surprised at the nominations that I did get. 
I was so happy. You know, I, it was just awesome. And we all were having a blast at work. Then, you know, little did we know March 10th would be our last show. Because of, mm-hmm. of the pandemic, Beetlejuice not the because of Scott Rudin. Right. However, before that, yes, we were like, are we moving? Are we whatever? And so basically what was told to us was that you guys, we have basically, we have another theater. We can't talk about it yet. We will be moving. Also, we're doing a capture of the show. And I was planning my vacation around that capture. And all of us were. So you were told this, been in eight, you were told this yes, early we were, 2020. Early 2020, right? So yeah, 20. Yeah, oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, we were planning on moving. We had another theater. Yeah, Scott Rudin was taking the theater. We were all pissed. We knew that during Thanksgiving. Right. Because one of the videos I made, uh, David Joseph and I were rapping about it, like basically like taking our theater, blah, 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 blah. It's a joke without saying, saying his name, you know, um, knowing that Music Man was going to come in. But we were doing so well that most likely this new theater was a lock and it was basically in process. And we were about to do this capture in April. So we were planning our vacations around this capture, which was going to be amazing. And then everything, you know, Tuesday, March 10th was our last show. So we were planning a move. We were planning this and that, and it just all went to shit. That's insane. So, so the capture, the capture never happened. Nope. Wow. Oh, that is it so never happened. crappy. We needed a live audience for it to have happened. Right. You know, we needed we needed to do it the way that Timbers would have wanted it, which was totally out of the box and cool and different. Not your straight up normal capture. You know, even the way we shot the commercial was really fun. So you know, now like it's kind of like yeah, you got you update the lyrics. Back, you update the lyrics for whatever you know, a venue that you're singing in or performing in. Like that's, that's always something that the show did. It was always playing to, to what, whoever was watching and the, the pro shots, pro shots in general, for those who don't know, literally cost millions of dollars. It's not just showing up with a couple cameras. It's multiple nights Mm -hmm. with live audiences, cutting together the footage of multiple takes again for multiple performance because you're not, it's not like tv and film where you're starting and stopping and redoing the same scene you're running through the whole right. show multiple nights Correct. in front of a full Correct. audience and i when i heard that uh, a pro shot took you know over one to two million dollars my floor my jaw hit the floor my floor hit the jaw too for that matter um and and i was like what the f- what the actual f right because it but then it's new york so right? it's new york it's union rules and all the other stuff anyway anyway a cup of coffee is five dollars <laughs> five dollars and depending on what union coffee house you're in you can't pour it yourself <laughs> right i mean new york has gotten so expensive <laughs> let alone union so like yeah <laughs> it's nuts jesus it's nuts so, yeah, we're all expensive now. Everyone's expensive. Even coffee is expensive. And we know that water is expensive. So um, it's laughable when I pick up a bottle of water in a store and I'm like, you're joking, right? Give me a water fountain. Where the hell is a goddamn water yeah. fountain around here? There was, there was years ago. Years ago. It's probably 10 years ago. I was walking through Times Square with my, with my, my big camera, I, you know, because I have a nice camera I shoot with sometimes, you know, hanging yeah. from my neck. Jealous. And I go up to... A vendor. I'm thirsty. It's the summer. I'm like, just give me a bottle of water, please. And I hand him two dollars because I'm like, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pay the the Times Square upcharge 
the tourist tax, as I call it. And he's like, no, it's $4. And I was like, for a bottle of water? No, I'm going to give you $2 for this bottle of water. And he goes, but you're a tourist. He points at my camera. And I said, no, I live in Washington Heights. I live at 189th Street. I do not- Whoa, whoa, whoa. I live on- Really? I'm down the street from you. Well, no, the, I I live in Brooklyn now. I used to live in Washington Heights. This is oh, at the time of this on. story. Come on. Yeah, I was one in. I was like, I'm coming over. Oh, That's I was right, I said. was one in in Bennett. I love that Brooklyn. area up there. I'm. I just told everyone who is listening where I live. I'm gonna, I'll bleep <laughs> that out. I'll bleep that out. Yeah, bleep that out. Bleep that out. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I'll bleep that out. That's no, I love that area. Real up smart, there. Kritzer. Yeah. I, oh, it's great, but you know, I want to come to Brooklyn. Well, I've got a I got a spare bedroom. You can come up. You can come down here. I'll come visit and we can make um podcast. Is that what's his face on the shelf behind you? Oh, elf that's on the Mr. shelf. Elf, yeah. Yeah, that's Will. So cool. Will Farrell the elf. Oh my god. Anyway, sorry. Anyway. I keep I keep messing your train of thought. I don't have a train of thought this morning. Any more coffee? You do have a train. My train my Me train too. is is a hoverboard that doesn't have a track. Uh I'm not going in a straight line. That is for sure. So, okay. Beetlejuice, um tourist tax. Anyway, Tourist, if you're listening, you don't need to pay more than like two bottle, bottle, two bottles for a dollar of water. I'm, I am so good this morning. This is I, I could, but I follow it. I follow it. Tourist, follow you don't it. Need to... I understand. You, you and I both got onto this thing going. We need coffee. There's not enough <laughs> coffee in the world, and literally raised our mugs together, dude. In solidarity. I, this morning, I got up early, went into town. It went into Midtown, have come back, and because I went, I had to go up like this Kenneth Cole uh, Wellness at Work presentation thing this morning. So I was like, I was just hanging out with Kenneth and Katie Kirk this morning and Mayor Adams, you know. Oh, oh, like you okay, do. cool. Like cool. you do. Came, and cool, came cool, back cool, for the cool. interview with cool, with cool, the crits. So amazing. So there you go. Anywho, what were we talking Who? about? What were we talking about? Um, oh my, my toe hurts from dropping all those names. Um, goodness. Oh, so we did. We, oh, we were Beetlejuice. supposed to do the capture. Be- oh. We were supposed to do the capture. Didn't happen. Probably won't ever happen. Uh, and that's too bad. But guess what? That's life. I mean, there Timbers is 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 doing okay for the for himself. I think like he could get. No the one's original, worried about him. Yeah, I think we could get the original cast back together and do this. If if they wanted to, they totally could. I mean, and or you know, I heard that they may do it in London. Surprise. Mm surprise not a surprise everything winds up going over there like who knows anything's possible would you would you go over there to revive any role if spamalot is not conflicting or or something wait not just any role i'm not playing lydia (laughs) no i mean any role like (laughs) did i really just say any role i meant i meant if any role does not conflict it was cute it was very cute i was like well i'd like to do charles would you do would you do otho because you'd be great yeah You'd be like, can I do Otho, but also maybe do Guys and Dolls, do a simultaneous <laughs> thing, S- swap out with Marisha, who I know over there is playing Adelaide. Um, yeah, you know, anything's possible. I mean, if it's if it's timing, it's always timing. It's always schedule. It's always what what does it entail? How long? I never say no. I always say, yeah, let's talk about it. You know? Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I love the West End. I've always wanted to work in the West End. But we'll see. I don't even know when that is. I think it's far off, though. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it lately. Everything this fall right now is all like the notebook. That's all I hear about. Not the notebook. I hear it's good. I do, too. I do, too. And I also hear Water for Elephants is going to be brilliant. But it's got a million, over a million dollar a week operating budget. So people are like, how how is it going to survive? 
Yeah, That's I don't know. But it's all, again, it's all expensive. The Outsiders, I hear, is very excited. I like, I really want to see that. I really want to see Lempika and Eden. Yes. I mean, I want to see everything. Problem is, I'm in a show, so I probably will not see most of them right away. But maybe, who knows? I, just, I, uh, I love getting invited. I just saw Eden the other night in uh, um, Gardens of Venencia. Oh, I heard it's great. It was Listen, beautiful. Mary Testa. It was, it was Mary Testa. Mary Testa. Um, I mean, come on. It's come it's, on. It's it makes me appreciate the time I have left with my parents because it's it's a story uh. a story about you know like a flashback an old uh, an old lady telling the story of th through her younger self and like an uh, Eden's is the mom and mm. uh, it's 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 one of those things that I, I saw I saw that last week and then last night saw uh, mad women of the west which is also it's all women where's that that is at the actor's temple with uh, mary nice. lou hanner mary lou nice. hanner and caroline aaron from Maisel. oh uh, very cool yeah and uh it's for four women that they're all um talking about <laughs> it's it's a lot of menopause jokes but it's basically like we are all of a certain age and holy shit did i hope we didn't just screw up our lives real bad but we got to make the best of it and move forward so it's really funny where is it again? The Actors Temple on Forty Seventh. The Actors Temple. Oh my yeah. God, I'm looking it up. Yeah. Wow. Really I love those women. Yeah. I mean, I really love those women. So. Yeah, they're great. It's a, it's a good show. It's a tiny little place um, that also is a synagogue if you're in the mood. So. Oh, uh, I have walked by it so many times. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So Beetlejuice. Uh, just to put a pin in that, or wrap it up, or put a bow on it. I don't know how to make a metaphor this morning. Apparently. Tie, tie it oh, up. Excuse me. Oh. Excuse me. I will not be taking this. Oh, okay. Well, go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead. Put it on speaker. Who is it? Hello, Andy. Hello, is, um, uh, Kristen. Kristen Chenoweth. Hello. We're in the Kristen middle Chenoweth? of. Kristen Chenoweth. Hello. Is it Taryn? Taryn Killam. I've always wanted to meet Taryn. Um, oh, he's a doll. He's so nice. He's so fun. We're we're dressing room floor mates, and he is just he's just great. After seeing he's him, just great. After seeing him in the show and Alex Moffat in um, the Cottage. With Laura Bell Bundy and others, right? Also wonderful is uh, and I guess I guess for a while now, like um, what's her face from uh, Schmigadoon? Uh, uh, like the SNL cast is starting to make their way onto Broadway a little bit, and is it? Yeah, like, yeah. Do, have you talked with Taryn about about his aspirations, like in terms of like bringing in, uh, or I guess wanting to be on Broadway? Because I feel like coming out of SNL. And then also additional question, would you want to go onto SNL? Is that the sort of thing that like a stage actor wants to do? But like this crossover going back and forth because it is just a live performance in front of an audience. Yeah, I mean, they're different skills, right? Um, but I think you could do it because you're funny AF. I, I, I could do it. I've always wanted to do it. I did audition. I never got on the show. I sort of, I was in the improv world. I sort of gave it up to stay in the musical theater world because I kept working and you kind of can't do both. And I wasn't immersed enough in the comedy world to go that route. Taryn and I have had numerous discussions about this um, that I'm kind of in, in working with him and some of the other SNL people I've worked with, Rachel Dratch and gotten to know Anna Gasteyer and um, that I get a sense of what it must've been like to work with them, obviously. But the bottom line is Taryn is a, musical theater person yeah. i mean he he really studied it I'm, I'm pretty sure he went to college for it and then wound up for a little while or something was very serious about it and then wound up kind of going into more comedy and the groundlings and then snl but this is his love i mean he loves doing musicals um his and i always tell him i'm like taryn 
your voice, like you really can sing a lot. He's like, ah. I said, I'm serious. Like, yeah. I would love to hear you sing some other stuff just because I know it's like, there's so much there. He's, he's so brilliant in his mind and the comedy and he takes it so seriously and jokes and, and putting things together. It's very inspiring to be around. I have, I mean, it was a lifelong dream. I almost went to LA, did the Groundlings, did the whole thing, but I kept doing musicals and I went to school at a very high prestigious, a, a very highly prestigious sentences, Leslie, musical <laughs> theater school. And I was groomed to do that and I was determined to do that. And then, you know, but I think now in my my life, what I get to do in Spam a lot is I get to marry the two a little bit because I do do it, my improvised bits a little bit. Uh, I get to do a lot of comedy in it, not just sing. And then in my shows that I write, that's when I get to kind of uh, really express that, uh, use that skill. Um, but now being around Taryn especially, it's um, very inspiring. Hang on, everybody. We're just going to take a quick break. All right, now we're back. The difference is people that do SNL, they have a very specific skill set. Not everyone that does musicals can do SNL and not uh, and, and improv comedy and, and vice versa. The people that are meant to and that are drawn to it, like Taryn, like Rachel Drash, like Anna Gasteyer, Alex Moffat. Yeah. Well, that's he doesn't do musicals, but um, you mentioned her name and I'm oh, totally... Oh, Um You know, they're drawn to it. Uh because they have a natural affinity and they can sing and do all the other things. Cicely so strong. it is Cicely strong. There you go. So like, you know, it's, there is crossover, but very few people can do that. And I appreciate you saying that I have, it was, it was a lifelong dream, but I think in talking to enough people who have been on the show, they're so glad that they were on it. It changed their lives, but also is very difficult place to be and difficult place to work and again changed their lives but i i've kind of gotten the feeling that hey if i was meant to be on that show i would have been you know and it's kind of like don't you feel that way about life like if i if certain things were meant to happen they would have and i'm experiencing it in a different way by getting to do that in my shows and then in spam a lot and you know it's it kind of works right well then uh, the lady of the lake is i mean sarah sarah ramirez her 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 portrayal her origina her origination like the performance is everywhere and you you can't look up Spamlot without seeing her sing one of the songs and uh coming into um i guess the revival for you was it um was it uh, the Kennedy Center right so you were part of yes. the original part of the original cast and when you're presented with this material with this character that is very iconic and i sort of i sort of equate this to being a glenda or an alphaba but being a comedy you have i think a little more liberty in being able to sort of go off the yes. rails a little bit right so absolutely you have to come in and you have to be a certain you have to fit a certain mold but not completely so you as as leslie um, as the crits, when you're coming in as yeah. the, as the crits coming in and be like, all right, I'm gonna make this mine. This is I'm gonna be the best crits I can be while still Correct. honoring this iconic role in this iconic show in this iconic story because Spamalot in general is completely ripped off from uh, uh, from the Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the movie from I think it was '79 that came out, right? Mm -hmm. that, right? that makes sense. Um, so yeah, how are you approaching this to make it? your own while still keeping it familiar first of all i love you i just love you can we do this all the time yes please 
No, we need to do more stuff together. I'm just saying this to you because I just adore you. Number one. Number two. Okay. First of all, Sada now is um, has changed pronouns, so is referred to as they. I did not know. And I am sorry. No, that's okay. We educate each other. We educate each other, so I'm carrying along that message. Thank you. Um, first of all, I saw Sada 20-something years ago when they did this, um, when they were maybe 26 or 27. I think we were around the same age. Blown away by them. Absolutely. Don't remember anything about the show except them. Uh, and also never in a million years would have thought that someone like me, all five foot two and a half of me, would ever play Lady of the Lake because I'm not a tall goddessy kind of woman. I'm petite uh, and I have a big voice, but not I'm not that visually, right? And that's how, by the way, you come in New York, are you tall, or are you short? Are you a tapper, or are you not? Are you this, or are you that? It's very much when you come here, at least when I came here, it was that. So I didn't fit the mold, right? Cut to, I get the call from Jeffrey Finn. Do you want to play Lady of the Lake and Spamalot? I'm like, uh, I, I guess. I never really thought, but look at this cast. I mean, hell yeah. Love the love the Kennedy Center. Love Jeffrey Finn. Love my group of actors. Are you kidding? Sign me up. Where do I go for a day rehearsal? How I approached it was, I didn't rewatch the movie. I didn't listen to the album except for one, a piece of uh, whatever happened to my part because I wanted to change vocally what I was doing. But I didn't, which what they maybe had done, but I didn't want to mess with it too much. I wanted to kind of clean slate, you know, no real, if, if anything, the end of Grail. I just wanted to hear the end of Grail, chorally, what it sounded like, structurally, what it sounded like with everyone singing. And then listen to what they did vocally and go, oh, these were interesting choices. I'm going to keep this. I'm not going to keep this. I'm not going to keep this. I am going to keep this. And I'm going to build on this. And that's kind of how, for me, musically, I go, what can I do to infuse what I do, still honor what's written? And then character-wise, I come in not remembering what Sada did and also not remember not watching any bootlegs. Uh, the only bootleg we watched was a costume change thing at the end of the show without ruining it for people who are listening because we couldn't figure out this dress that is a trick thing. That's the only thing I've ever seen. And I come in and I said, okay, my Lady of the Lake is different vignettes, different versions of Lady of the Lake. Camelot Lady of the Lake is a lounge singer. Grail Lady of the Lake is a pop star. Beginning of the Lady of the Lake is the diva. Uh, the, more of the, 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 um, the siren, the siren. Then whatever happened to my part is the actress that's playing Lady of the Lake in the show Spamalot, who is the quintessential diva. And then the end, Guinevere, is this purest form of Lady of the Lake, almost like at the end of Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy is like coming back home. It's just like a pure, beautiful, real scene. There's one turn at the end. But it's really about, uh, you know, you've been here all the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it feels like that in Wizard of Oz. Like, you've always been home, Dorothy. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, and it's just beautiful and heartfelt. And I feel like Chris and James and I have like this beautiful scene there that is obviously comedic, but it's rooted in truth. And, our, you know, our whole show is about joy and laughter and fun. So that's kind of how I approached it without even... And by the way, like, I don't think too hard about it. I don't intellectualize it. I don't overanalyze it. I try to write jokes. I try to put my stuff in. I'm inspired by the audience. I'm inspired by my peers. 
and I feel safe in a show with this group of people to do that. Am I limited because of my stage time? Sure. But I've always, most of my career, I, I've, <laughs> I'm always <laughs> like, I come on, I do it, I get out. So I know how to make the most of what I'm given, especially since this character is not in the movie. It is a new creation for this show. So, you know, how do I do that but not try too hard? And my, my interest, too, with comedy is subtlety. You know, how subtle can I be and have them in the palm of my hand? How much can I do or how much or how little can I do to make them laugh? That is, and the timing of it is really important to me. It makes me excited. It makes me, it makes me feel challenged in a way that most, in a way that I feel different in this musical than other musicals that are way more crafted and very consistent. I have freedom in this and the guys do too. The guys do also. So that's, that's kind of how I approached it. And then I really wanted to stretch myself vocally. I was like, what if I go higher here? What if I do, what if I do this and totally do my operatic range here, go to this high thing and then belt right after that. I mean, I'm 46 years old. I got pipes. I'm in, I'm in my prime. Let's use these fuckers. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> let's see what we got here. I'm a hot rod, you know, like let's, let's see within reason what I have and what I can give while I have it, you know, cause I will not have this range forever and I have it now. And it's, it's amazing to use. I do. I feel like sometimes when I'm out there, I'm like, God, I'm a, I'm a Porsche. Like this is, <laughs> this is, this I'm, I am, this is amazing, but I know how to drive my vehicle and I know how to not burn myself out. And that's another, you know, I've worked very hard with my voice teacher to know how to be a Porsche to maintain my vehicle, right? I've never used the porch comparison except with you. I well, I enjoy that, uh, and it's ironic you said that because, uh, or maybe not ironic. Um, in our first episode, episode fifty-one, we we got into a, a, a just a real good conversation because Casey Levy had just started um, bringing to the forefront on social media uh, her vocal injuries. And, mm -hmm. and you would actually said too, you were like, yeah, I've gone through it and everyone's afraid to say it, but now we're not. And now we, yeah. but then we are, nope. but now we're not. And, and it's, it's really interesting that we've gone through this time of like crawling into a hole and, and quarantining in the pandemic and who knows what, who was doing what during this time and then coming out. And I mean, just like any athlete, right? You have to keep training. You have to keep training in the off season when you're not on stage, you have to keep performing. So were you tuning your engine? Were you cleaning your pipes? Were you upgrading? Were you putting your nitrous oxide into <laughs> your uh, your fuel <laughs> injection before spam a lot? Or like, how do you maintain, how do you keep your engine running smoothly? Well, I think, was I doing a musical before spam a lot? I don't remember what I was doing. We had Maisel I in was, there. Oh, oh, I did Maisel, but I did a play. I did a play at Lincoln Center. And, um, you know, during the pandemic, I'm, I really didn't sing very much. I sang a little, but not really. And I kind of felt like, well, first of all, it's not like, where am I going to sing? But it was kind of a quiet period, which was fine with me because I had done Beetlejuice and one after the other after the other. When I did Maisel, it was really fun because I got to like, and which was so quick to, to, to embody her. Although I had been embodying her in my mind for decades because I'm a huge fan. But I think it was important for me to have a break from acting for a while, even though it wasn't my choice. It was nice to feel like a normal person. 
normal in the sense of, you know, not always having to just be an actor. And that's like my identity. To answer your question, getting ready for Spamalot after doing this play at Lincoln Center, where I just used my voice, it was very interesting. I was like, oh, this is, I know exactly what to do to maintain vocal. I, I didn't have mics or whatever. And then I worked with my teacher. And then as I knew Spamalot was transferring, oh, wait, no, when Spamalot went to DC in May, before I did um, the play, mm -hmm. I was training way before that to do the show. Because I knew, wow, I hadn't done a musical in a long, and I hadn't done a musical since Beetlejuice closed. So I had a little break. Uh, I think we closed in February. I had a little break, started working with my teacher on the Spamalot stuff once I knew Kennedy Center was a go. Did the Kennedy Center. Then we found out, yep, we're going. So I did this play. I started working just vocally on speech to make sure, because sometimes talking really can mess up your voice. And then once we knew that Spamalot was um, transferring, I went back right back in, started way, way before rehearsal and really mapped out exactly what to do. Joan Later has seen me through two injuries. Uh, I have the pictures of my vocal cords to prove it. Ooh. I'm very open about what has happened to me um, with hemorrhaging. Thank God I've never had to have surgery or any of that, but yeah, it happens and it happens easily easily. It could be a minor injury. It could be a severe one. The most, uh, I had two minor, the big one where I really, really got hurt was when, and I want the people listening to this to really take it in because this is what we do. We're like, no, no, no. We push through, we push through, we push through. I was doing Robert Bridegroom off Broadway, one of my favorite shows that I've ever done. I had overscheduled. We were doing the show. We were recording our album. And then I had a concert after we closed and I was sick. I had a concert up at the Ber in the Berkshires. And I said, no, 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 it's okay. I'm just going to, you know what? I'll get through the sickness. I'll get through the sickness. And I'll, maybe I'll take a, you know, by the way, steroids are not the devil. You take them. If I ever need one in an emergency, I will take it. Well, this was an emergency. However, I was not using my voice properly at the time and singing through a very, very difficult chest cold. And it was a recipe for disaster. I went to my doctor after I figured out my range was a little wonky and he scoped me. And for people that don't know what that is, they stick a camera down your nose or down your throat. They, they it does not hurt. They numb you so that you don't, you know, um, gag. And he looked at me and he said, what happened? <laughs> now, now, Dr. Wu, the amazing Dr. Wu uh, is very serious. You know, he's a very well-known, very, very high level doctor, ENT. And then he pushed the screen towards me and my vocal cord was bloody red. Oh, no. uh, there was a vein that a vein, a blood vessel that had burst. It was bleeding. And he's like, we got to go in there and we have to cauterize it. Now you're asking me, sorry, guys, it, just as a spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you what, what cauterizing a blood vessel on your vocal cords is like. They stick a laser down your throat and they burn it so that it stops bleeding. Yeah. It is not painful. But I can't tell you what the smell is like. I will hope I never have that experience Burning again. Burning flesh in general is not cool. Not fun. But I'm again, this is good for people to know so that when you're out and you're singing at one in the morning and you think that you're invisible and you're doing this and you're doing that and you're like, oh, I got a show to do, but I'm fine and I'm 25, that this stuff still happens. And I was not 25 in this happened. But taking care of those beautiful little vocal folds that are so delicate, it doesn't take much. I had 
extensive rehabilitation. I had to be quiet. I worked with Joan and I was going into something rotten month later. So nobody knew I had this injury. I certainly wasn't going to tell anyone. I told my agent, but I was like, I can do this. Joan thinks I can do this. I will be rehabilitated. I will get better. I did everything they told me to do. And I spent a lot of money to rehab. And I walked into something rotten. No problem. Was consistent till the end, till we closed. Never had a vocal injury. And, I, and um, I've been basically okay since. Um, during Beetlejuice, I did get, I got sick once and it, I had to be out for a couple of days because it was a little wonky, but I know exactly what to do now. I know my limitations. Everybody has limitations, especially as you get older, you know, even with Spamalot, my voice teacher, Joan says, you just have to know when it's enough, when it's too much. Like, you know, you want to drive that Porsche and go 150. No, maybe you should just stay at a hundred. Oh, but I'm feeling it. I'm feeling, I want to, I want to like go up there and just go nuts and live in the moment. Okay. Well, what's tomorrow going to be like for you? Can you even go up there at all? And that is when you're doing eight shows a week and you are my age, you just, even though I'm a Porsche, I, it is not the same. It is not the same. Okay. You're not an off the showroom floor Porsche. No, I'm a a well-maintained. Yeah. I'm a well-maintained vintage Porsche. Okay. I'm not a brand new Porsche. Okay. With, with these new, you know, all of this new technology. So the long answer to your question is I could get injured anytime. I try to prevent it, but I also still have a life. I will have a glass of wine once in a while or a cocktail. I know when it's time to go home. I know when it's, no, I won't do your concert on a Monday. I'm so sorry. I don't care if it's raising money for children. You know, I will do it at some point. I promise. But I, my job is to show up for my job. And my anxiety mentally, which is connected, if I feel like I'm getting into a position where I am putting myself at risk, I have to take, I have to, because there's nothing worse. And if singers are listening to this, there is nothing worse than waking up and going, is it there? Oh my God. Is it there? Is it there? I don't think it's going to be there. I don't think it's going to be there. Oh my God. Okay. What do I do? When do I call? Okay. Let's wait another hour. All right. Let's wait another two hours. Let's warm up. Let's see. I mean, it is, you can really go crazy. So, you know, you got to sacrifice. Can't, can't go to every party. Can't sing all the benefits. Can't do all the sometimes auditions. Like it is what it is. So it's a very long answer. I like watching the clock go. I'm like, I think I've been talking straight for 10 minutes. Oh, it's easy for me. I don't have to say anything. I I appreciate it. Hang on, everybody. We're just going to take a quick break. All right, now we're back. It depends on like where, you know, the the vocal demands. Like I'd watch um, Elizabeth Teeter and before her Sophia and Caruso, you know, sing the Lydia track in, in Beetlejuice, which is so difficult. Yeah and so high and watch them both go through their own anxieties. And even though they're both like tough as nails and unbelievable talents, you are out there expected to deliver. And there is no funny voice over it or, or, or a character voice. It is your voice pure and you have to be vulnerable and vulnerability and vocal quality, really understanding how to harness that is a skill in itself. You know, um, I watched the both of them having to go through it a lot of a lot of anxiety and, you know, wanting to deliver and and the both of them are incredible. Um, but as young people with that kind of pressure, that's really difficult. I have that kind of pressure now 
you know, at end, end of grail, I'm doing this, basically this riff from Wicked, but a step higher, I think, or a half a step higher than oh, the right, end. Right, right. That was, that's awesome. And it's really fun. But when the, when they go, ah, and there's a space and I'm supposed, ah, it's either sink or swim. And every night <laughs> I know how to place it. Like I'm up there. I'm harnessed with people that haven't seen the show. I am harnessed to a, on a safety belt that matches my dress, which is very cool, to a wall. I am eye level with the mezzanine up on this platform, no safety rail, okay? Just freewheeling on a three foot platform above the ground, up, up, up there. And that space is like, okay, you're either gonna deliver, what else could you do here? There's no safety here. So you gotta figure it out. I know exactly how to place it. I've worked with Joan on how to place it exactly to a T to deliver it. And then once I hit it, that la- ah, and I have to hold that note, I know exactly where to hold it. And I watch John, our conductor, holding the note and I know how to cut off. And it is, that is something I don't mess with. I just know how to get into, right into the pocket. That's a p- moment where sometimes I want to go off the rails a little for fun. And I have to remind myself, slow your roll. You know, you're a vintage Porsche, Porsche, like <laughs> slow your roll. You know, you're not 24 and then the, you know, and then six, you know what I mean? Like you are, the musical. Customer. Oh, I love, um, um, I'm going to tell you, John Bell, your, your conductor, uh, he was our musical director when I did Forever Plaid at Prather's uh, like a bajillion years ago. And I'm I so love. happy to see what he has done. Yeah. John, John is the best. He is, he's an incredible. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Um, oh, real quick. So, so you can't succeed on Broadway if you don't have any Jews. You were doing rehearsal. You were in rehearsal when the conflict in Israel and Gaza started. Yes. How did that Correct. conversation, did that, was that a conversation about that song, yes. about that number? What it was, was that? It was absolutely a conversation. Uh, Josh, uh, our director, Josh Rhodes, you know, a bunch of people had come to him, said, you know, we're concerned. Are we a little nervous, whatever? And he's like, let's have a group discussion. We sat down in rehearsal. All of us were together. And we really talked about it and it was a good discussion. And we kind of basically decided, by the way, this was before the actual war in, 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 do you say invasion of Gaza happened or, you know, conflict in Gaza in the sense of troops coming over Mm -hmm. and being told to evacuate happened. That was while we were in previews. So basically we decided as a group, I think, even, even though we were all conflicted, we were going to do this number in the spirit of joy in which it was written, which is not about Israel, not about Palestine, not about anything having to do with that. This is about the celebration of the Jewish contribution to the arts, particularly musical theater, hmm. which is huge and should be celebrated. That is, and the joy around this number, that is the aim here. We are allowed to celebrate that. Uh, there's nothing bad about it. It is going to maybe trigger people as it should in a time where we are, it is a terrible, terrible thing that we're watching, that we're all feeling, that we're all processing. However, theater is always there for us to also enjoy, to escape, to reflect, to fill our tanks. So we can go back out in the real world and go, okay, I can keep continuing to process this, knowing what I saw. Now, with that said, 
people are allowed to come to the show and also be triggered by it and angry by it. That is okay too. That's, that's, this is live theater. We don't set the rules about how the audience feels. That is, you know, a friend of mine said to me once, like, I think uh, it was either not Philip Seymour Hoffman, maybe it was Philip Seymour Hoffman. I don't remember, but it was a famous person and said to someone else, oh, wow, I'm really butchering this. <laughs> it's not for, oh, he said, okay, I think it was either Philip Seymour Hoffman or some actor was like, yeah, I don't think I was good tonight. I don't, I don't think I did my best or whatever. And the person said to him, it's really not for you to decide. It's not up to you to decide. You did your work. It's the audience. That's the, they are the ones that experience how they feel. We're doing it for them. Yeah. Okay. We're doing it for them. So how they interpret, how they experience it, that is their right. So when someone says to you, oh, you did so great. You're like, oh, I don't know. You're almost, you're almost taking their experience away from them. So if they, if people come to spam a lot and they're triggered by it, they have every right to be. If they're, they, if they love it, they have every right to love it. It's not our job to just to take that away from them. Our job is just to do what we know how to do best and go and be specific. And I think the way Michael Yuri and the entire company Love that is that. on that stage deliver that number, you cannot, at least for me, it's hard to walk away from that and watch it and go, wow, that is just, what a great number, what a great performance full of love and heart. Michael Yuri is one of the people that is the heart of our show. Yeah, I just love him. You know, that's how I feel about his little contribution. Everybody, but him in this show and that number, it is just, it's just all pure love. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how we're doing it. Yeah. I, I love it. And I, I can read that from the audience. It is, it's joy. It's, it's celebration. It's excitement. And I, I think if you're a, a fan of Mel Brooks, if you're a fan of Monty Python, if you're even, even kind of the extreme of South Park, when you get, um, when you get that they are, they're, they're bringing, uh, comedy. I mean, even book of Mormon, right? So all these jokes are based in truth. The jokes are based are are bringing up tropes, but it's all, um, it's all satire. And I mean, look at the rest of the show, right? You've got, you're making fun of English the entire time and the French and so many other groups of people. Um, I mean, gosh, even Chris Fitzgerald, just everything he brings to his role is so subtle and amazing. Just the best. And carefully thought out with the effort, carefully thought out with the element of play and spontaneity. That is how I feel about our group of knights. Yeah. It makes me, yeah. and, and Chris, especially because Mike McGraw, who played, Michael McGraw, who played Patsy in the original, who had passed away not too long ago, Chris embodies, it, 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 it's, it's not that he embodies Michael. He, Pat, Michael has passed the torch to Chris in a way, and it, it might sound woo-woo spiritually to me, that I feel when I watch Chris, it is the best of Chris. This part is truly the best of the heart of who Chris Fitzgerald is, not only as a good person and a good man, but as a supremely gifted comedic actor Mm -hmm. um, who is generous on stage and very supportive. Uh, It is a joy and a privilege to watch him work and to be around him and also for him to try to make me break on stage. (laughs) Really? He hasn't fully, he hasn't fully 
but he might he might achieve it someday he might achieve it <laughs> that's a that's a really good summary he, he's generous in his performance is seen his performance is scene stealing without saying look at me and that's what i mean all, all of it michael yuri too and you and jmi james and michael hart like just every, everybody literally everybody everybody there's no single comedic star all of you are building each other up in a way that I haven't seen in an ensemble. I don't know if ever it, it's, oh, well, maybe since the Money Python crew, like it's a crew. It's legitimately it's a, crew. a crew. It is. And you know, we got, you got Taryn. Okay. Who, by the way, could, if he wanted to just take over, right. In many of this, he knows what to do. He knows when to get out. He knows when to take the floor and to give the floor. You know, <laughs> Ethan, also subtle, funny, also oh, knows how to pass the torch. Nick yeah. Walker yeah. and James and, and and also Jimmy Smigula, who doesn't have a huge part. But when he delivers his thing, it's specific. It's on. He also, you know, when you're when someone else has more lines than you in a group, if you have the ability to watch and be present and not have to be busy, just pull know where the focus is supposed to go. That is a professional. Mm. That is a true pro. And this group, including me, knows how to do that. We give each other the floor with generosity and love because the parts make the whole. There's no star here. I, yeah. you know, yeah. J James, you know, he's King Arthur. He's not the star of the show. He is one of the hearts of the show. He is certainly, King Arthur is, you know, the top of the food chain. But he also knows because this is also James and who he is, he knows he is one part of the whole. And then you put the ensemble into that, the most incredible ensemble who also understand focus and who also understand the, the chemistry that all of us have to have on stage to make it work. I mean, I'm truly so grateful um, when our cast changes, if it does, it's going to be uh, an adjustment um, and what we're hoping is that when that does happen eventually, that we maintain the spirit. And I think the show will attract people like that. I think we're always and, and you know, to our, our producer, Jeffrey Finn's credit, he wants that. He wants that for us mm -hmm. because that's also who he is. And uh, Josh wants that as well. Josh Rose, our director. So it's it's really special. I mean, how for however long it lasts. We're enjoying it for as long as we can. And you should. Mm. And, and I love being the, I love being, you know, I am the only female principal and it's real cool. <laughs> I have to say at first, at first I was like, wait, uh, really? Uh, I'm usually the person that comes on and I sing and I get to leave. I do that in the show, but I'm the only one that does it. So it's kind of like, <laughs> okay. And now I'm like, oh, this is rad. I kind of like it. I, I, I'm the queen. Like, I kind of like being the queen. Okay. I could, I could do this for a while. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's nice. the, the, vo the voice, the, the part is vocally all over the place, very vocally challenging, but I, th I think, um, mm -hmm. very apropos, you know, you come in the second act, you're like, whatever happened to my part? Like you do have a good chunk of time where you can go back and do a crossword puzzle. So at least it's terrifying, really? but I could, Oh, I feel like if I'm not, no, although I'll like FaceTime my friend, Lindsay, I'll do stuff. I could keep busy. That's when I should like pay bills and go through my thing. But then, 
you can get too immersed in something. It makes me very nervous. Yeah. It makes me very nervous. Even during Beetlejuice, people are like, well, you can continue to write your play if you want. And blah, blah, blah. I was like, play? I can't. Unless I was offstage cover, sure. Uh, you know, uh, but even 20, 25 minutes, I get, it makes me nervous. I'm going to miss my cue. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a blast. Yeah. I'm having a blast. I missed a cue once and I was terrified. I will never do it again. I like it's it, it was it's, the worst. How when you are flying down a two sets of staircases and jumping over six of those steps, possibly gonna like break your ankle to make an entrance, terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Terrifying. All right. Well, let's wrap up with the same We're wrapping up. I know. Well, we're at the we're at the hour, brah. We gotta do it. We gotta do it, brah. I know. Well, we're gonna I I'm telling you, we're gonna come back. We gotta do something else together. We gotta do more things. No, I would love it. And I want it to include video too next time. <laughs> okay. I'll do my hair next time. We'll do it. We'll do okay. it. No, no, no. But like our own thing. We'll discuss. Yes, please, please. Please. Okay. So these are the same questions I asked you before. And I am I wrote down your previous answers. And after you answer them oh. this time, I'll see, we'll see how okay. they changed. Okay. 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 Number one, this very simply is what motivates you. What motivates me. Yeah. In general. Yeah. In life. In life. Curiosity. Hmm. Before in episode 51, you said making people laugh. Oh, Okay. Okay. Very cool. Okay. Question. The curiosity is like uh, wanting to learn more, like curious about the world and people wanting to learn more. Yeah. So this is very cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. No, it's interesting. I mean, like th this is four and a half years later. So we all change. We all change. So our oh, motivation is yeah. going to be different every time. I literally can't see now with glasses four years later. So I know. <laughs> I recommend LASIK. Okay. I got it. It's great. Okay. Okay, question two. What advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? Similar path. Listen to your gut. Listen to your gut and learn as much as possible about what you're passionate about. Similar to what you said the first time. You said, learn everything. Immerse yourself in everything theater. Train, train, train. Never stop training. Yep. Yep. So very similar. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. Last question then. If you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? Uh, West Side Story? <laughs> you said Here Lies Love. Wow. Because this was long before it was g coming to Broadway. Yeah. Oh, well, yes. I, I mean, I loved it. I do love that show. But I think now a classic, I just, the West Side popped into my head because it's like, come on, dance at the gym. Come on. Cool. Yeah. Come on. The opening overture, like, yeah, the whole sequence. That movie was amazing. I actually am going to go back and watch that movie again. The the recent, the Spielberg one or the original? Yeah, the Spielberg. Well, the original is amazing. I have watched it so many times, but the Spielberg one, man. Wow. Wow. Speaking of recent Spielberg one, Ari DeBose, can we just give her a what what for a second? Like, have you seen Come Wish on. yet? Have you been out to the theater to no. see Wish? No. Is it good? She's so good. She, her, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. My kids love it. Amazing. We listen to the album at home all the time and I'm like, that's Ari. That's Ari, that's baby. Ari. All right. Um, where can we find you on the socials now? I mean, I guess you're still on the Tiki Talks. Okay, wait. Should I really learn? I feel like it's like old hat now. I still like doing Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I'm not really on Facebook. But like TikTok, it just seems like, I don't know, for the young. But it's not. I see like old people making like videos and they're like, look at me in my kitchen. I'm making a French toast. And they have like a million followers. You should you should um, just, you know what you could do is is find videos of people performing 
Beetlejuice or singing and just use the green screen feature. And all you do is just sit there and watch and nod and be like, oh, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. Just react. Okay, wait. I would love that. Also, so many of my videos, bootleg videos have gone viral on TikTok. So many and people like don't know my name. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to ask our social media people what I should do. So it might be fun if I learn. I just need to learn. It makes me very nervous. Curiosity. Yes. Curiosity. There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, yes. Well, I'm on threads in Instagram, which is where I primarily post. I try to post on TikTok. I need someone to help me. If you're listening and you want to help me be an intern or Hello? something, God, I need help. I need help too. Yeah. All right. Well, help Leslie and you me. Need a, you, get a, you get an intern first and whoever isn't your intern, can they be my intern? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. We'll share. All right. If you want to share. We'll share interns. <laughs> Share interns. Share interns. Um, uh, and leave a rating, leave a review wherever you're listening now. Turn to your friend next to you and be like, hey, I'm listening to this great episode with the crits. You got to listen to it. Share with the, the podcast. Thank with you, Jukebox the, the Ghost, for the music you're hearing right now underneath. And Leslie Crits, Leslie Rodriguez Crits. Crits. Thank you so right. much. I love you. you. You're the best. Thank you for doing this again. You're the best. Deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.